Why would you call me maybe when that isn't my name? Answer me this, answer me this. Can a nine-year-old food blogger cope with such fame? Answer me this, answer me this. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. Good evening, you're listening to Answer Me This. I'm Helen Zaltzman. And I'm Ollie Mann. We've got breaking news now on the situation discussed in episode 219 about newscasters saying their names in order to be recognised as the casters of the news. Listeners everywhere have been shooting themselves in the head because it was so boring. (laughs) But you've got some feedback about it. I have. Peter has written in who says... I'm not sure about your answer as to why the readers of short radio news bulletins give their names. Okay, basically I said because it's an industry thing. People want recognition in the industry. That's a good reason, Peter. What could you possibly object to in that? I remember being told at school in the 1960s that this tradition was started by the BBC in World War II. I think the worry was that if the BBC pips had been taken over by German propaganda, a subversive message would be inserted. So, to reassure an understandably terrified audience, BBC newsreaders were told to introduce their bulletin with words such as This is the news from the BBC and this is John Snag reading it. <laughs> I haven't been able to check this out but I can definitely remember being told it. Like, like I can remember that there's a monster in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I like a little bit of self-doubt in the listeners when they're writing in to correct us. Shows yeah. that they we're all only human, aren't we? Yeah, none of us can really be bothered to find secondary and tertiary sources That's to back right. up our statements. I, I think... This is believable, actually, because of the whole Lord Haw Haw broadcasting from Germany propaganda business. Although, yep. if that was the case... Then why is Radio 1's Newsbeat still doing it? Yeah. <laughs> they take a Newsbeat. <laughs> They're telling us stuff about Rihanna that is actually something to do with communism. <laughs> and also, surely Lord Haw Haw could have just been pretending to be broadcasting for the BBC. Mm. Although I suppose the silly crowd couldn't have thought of that. <laughs> I just It seems like... It would be unnecessary, but then I suppose in wartime, yes. that Yeah, people probably were very reassured, weren't they, by the BBC? Well, it's time for a question about literature now. Oh! Yeah. I thought those years were behind me. I'll find something you tell us something about. Uh, specifically, Hamlet. Come uh-huh. back, kids, it's got the same plot as The Lion King. And it's the name of a popular cigar brand. <laughs> it's from Maria, who says, uh, Helen, answer me this. What is Hamlet's last name? <laughs> or first name, if Hamlet was his last name? It's his title, isn't it? It's like Hamlet, Prince of Denmark is the title, isn't it? Like Elizabeth, Queen of the Commonwealth or whatever. Yeah, or Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm. Firstly, I think uh, for many centuries, royals weren't really troubled by surnames. Yep. Uh, Not really necessary. Everyone's like, which Hamlet? Oh, the Prince one. That's right. They were the Madonna of their day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another thing was that actually people didn't really go in for surnames for a really long time. I think in Britain, at least, uh, which is obviously a greater influence on Shakespeare than the Danish customs, to which we'll come in a minute, it was a trend popularised after the Norman invasion. The population grew quite a lot and the pool of names was really small, like a third of men were called John, Richard or William. So then they had to start adding their profession or where they were from or their father's name and son, mm-hmm. which you still see as a lot of surnames now. And in Denmark, uh, until the mid 1800s, uh, you had your father's name with son on the end. So he would have been Hamlet Hamletson because his father was called Old Hamlet or Hamlet awesome. Ghostson. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, because he wasn't a ghost when he uh, conceived Hamlet, was he? We Presumably. Don't no. I mean, was he legitimate? Because that Gertrude. Whoof, yeah. Could it be ha- Hamlet, his uncle's son? I. I'm intrigued by the fact that over the years people have done various interpretations of Hamlet, including that slightly rubbish one with Ethan Hawke and Hamlet Two, starring Ooh. Steve Coogan and Catherine Keener, and Elizabeth Shue as herself. Yeah, 
but I'm not sure I've ever seen one made by a British or American film director where it's actually properly Danish looking. Mm. Which is weird, considering it is set in Denmark. What do you uh, what would you consider properly Danish looking? Lots of ginger hair. Well, yeah, to have a Danish actor playing the part, say. Or, or to have extras that look like they're Danish. I mean, they could do it for the thing oh, with Norwegians. But now, <laughs> do in the wake of the killing and uh, yeah. Danish crime dramas being really popular, got some Hamlet, Danish actors out there. Hamlet is perfect for that, isn't it? As yeah. long as they put Hamlet in the right jumper, it's going to be a big hit. <laughs> no, but it, it would make it feel a little bit more authentic, wouldn't it? Because film's a literal medium. But and then, everyone's done these sort of stagey interpretations on film. I'd yeah. like to see Hamlet set in Denmark, please. But, but then the names in Hamlet itself aren't that Danish sounding. No, I mean, n- never yeah. mind Hamlet, but Claudius and Polonius are quite Roman yeah. sounding names. Ophelia. I'm, guess, I'm guessing that Shakespeare never actually went to Denmark. A question from New Zealand now, and a man called Dylan who says, Helen, answer me this. What the hell is a salad? It's amazing the trends that haven't made their way over to I've Auckland, isn't it? I've never even eaten a grape. You wait till you get milk, Dylan. You guys are going to love it. He says, I know that a leafy green thing with maybe some tomato and a bit of onion is a salad, but where is the line drawn? Mm. The problem is there is no such line in this topsy-turvy world we live in. Mm. The UN have kept quiet on the matter. Well, I guess he means things like potato salad, doesn't he? Because he goes oh, yeah. on to say, Helen, answer me this. What defines a salad? Every definition I try and come up with myself is easily debunked by some commonly accepted salad or another it doesn't need to be dressed it's not always raw it's not just vegetables it's not always cold where does salad begin and end oh, it's so hard it's so hard isn't it dylan mm. i think there does have to be a certain amount of chopping but then mm. you can still have quite large sized things yeah in no, a I'm, salad. Not, I'm not sure i agree with you a certain amount of chopping sure but i've seen like whole sticks of broccoli in a salad well also e. the americans have those iceberg wedge salads where it's just a quarter of an iceberg lettuce it's like a kind of uh, do all the Green plowman. What, what about mixture? What about like a cocktail style definition? It has to have more than one ingredient. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't just be lettuce. Has to be, I mean, even potato salad. It's got mayonnaise, usually chives. Yeah, or Caesar salad mm. that's got anchovies and. Um, yeah, but most dishes Parmesan. have more than one ingredient. That's what makes them a dish rather than an a ingredient, lettuce. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure that really applies. It is really difficult and it is contentious as well because I remember when it became fashionable to have like duck confit salads. I was like, well, it's not got any vegetables in it because oh. it's just duck. Highly contentious and controversial, Helen. We are not afraid to approach the controversial no. subjects and answer me this. This hot potato salad, <laughs> we hey. will touch it. Boom. Boom. Etymologically, though yeah uh, i thought maybe we'd find the solution but no uh, it's from uh, the word salt because it used to refer to brined vegetables so, wow. but it seems that as long as this term has existed the meaning of it has been very varied but i do know it's not those weird concoctions of jello and marshmallows that some states of america go in for that's not salads yeah I, I think there are some things we can agree that actually shouldn't be counted as salad i'm prepared to accept your argument that pasta salad isn't salad i get really really Ugh. angry listeners about pasta salad because salads associations are of healthy food not yes. cold pasta and it shouldn't yeah. be just a meal that has gone cold <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually i saw one today that exactly fits in that uh, description of salad actually which was mns for the jubilee have brought out a whole load of union flag branded british classics are they still peddling them now that the jubilee is finished i imagine they made slightly too many and they slightly overestimated demand <laughs> this pasta salad will keep for 48 years uh, but it looked nice what it was was uh, a cold potato salad with some roast beef Mm. And right. it was it was called a sort of, you know, roast beef, horseradish and potato salad. Not but... yesterday's cold dinner. Exactly, but that is, mm. isn't it? That is yesterday's dinner gone cold with some mayonnaise gunks on it. And it looked mm. tasty, but it's not really a salad, M&S. Sort it out. I know it's a really minor gripe, 
and as a you know thirty something man, I probably shouldn't moan about this, but I you, sh- you probably shouldn't be coy about your age either, Martin. You're thirty four. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're you're in a boy band and you have to keep it quiet like that old one in Nensink that was ten years old he than is, the rest he's of them. He's in a boy band called Minor Grape. They're very popular. <laughs> you go and try and buy a salad, and it's got it's got pasta in it. You think, oh, there's a nice looking salad. It's yes. got some cheese. Yes. Bit of bit of rocket. Yes. No idea what Chicken. lies beneath. And then yeah. there's a big stack of. Don't have any, I don't have any gripe about that. But See, I, I think that's that. where the distinction want- lies. I think pasta salad, which is just cold pasta with tuna and mayonnaise mixed in it, fine. should not be sold as pasta. No, not fine. That should not be sold as pasta salad. But if a salad has a small amount of pasta in it, yeah. like it's a selection box and one of the ingredients is pasta, that's okay. Okay, so if it's below 40% yes. pasta content. What about the salads at Pizza Express when there's so many dobles involved, it's basically a pizza deconstructed? It's really just a matter of arrangement and not ingredients. <laughs> but then that's the case with a lot of Italian food, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up and answer me this Come on then Why don't you shut your ugly face I'm not ugly It's the condition It's no condition It's the ugliness mate Answer me this Podcast at googlemail.com Answer me this Podcast at googlemail.com Answer me this Podcast at googlemail.com Nothing Seriously though Go back to your own country That's what we're all thinking isn't it what we're all question i ain't got no questions don't look at me shut your mouth here's a question from sam from hatfield and it is spelled sam yeah with, with a, a t, t. Is, is that a typo or is that actually genuinely how the name's spelled i don't know in russian there is a letter that is tss, so maybe sam is russian and has had to translate their name into roman letters hmm. anyway sam says I work in Covent Garden, and whenever I walk to work down Great Queen Street, I have to go past the Grand Masonic Lodge of the Masons. Mm. I've done this at least four times a week for the last couple of years, and it suddenly struck me that I've never seen a female mason going in or out of the building. Mm, There's a thing. Ollie, answer me this. Are there any female masons, or is it a male-only order of chauvinists? (laughs) Um, That's not what's on the crest, is it? Order of chauvinists. (laughs) Uh, I think it's safe to assume that there are no female masons because uh, the only way there could be in the UK is if they joined before 1723. Oh, and most women, even though they outlive men, are dead who were around then. Yeah, yeah, I think that's safe to say. Mm. Um, So yeah, new constitution for the masons in 1723. Really? What changed? They're like sick of these women with their... Yeah. We don't want no bitches around here. (laughs) The Freemason Hall. Good Um, lord. (laughs) I don't know what to be more offended by, the fact that Freemasons don't allow women or that. (laughs) Um, Go to France if you want to be a female mason. They have mixed lodges there vraiment yeah they're actually actually there are mixed lodges here and there are women's lodges here but they're not part of the official freemasonry business okay so, so they don't get the secret handshake or the special apron well i think they do they just don't get the same one where do you stand on the idea of clubs that say no that we're a gentleman's club we're for men only i think it's pretty stupid particularly when it's something like golf clubs see i don't like it either but i don't think it's the same as discriminating on uh, sexuality or on race or on disability well, because everyone is either a man or a woman i think you can express a preference for whether you'd rather your club was a gentleman's drinking club or a lady you know same with the women's institute i wouldn't want the women's institute to have to accept men either i think it's fine to allow clubs to exist that are for one gender or the other I suppose the notion is that the Women's Institute is too trivial for men to want to be interested in because it's all about cake baking and flower arranging and stuff, whereas the Masons are too secret and important. Yeah, but women. The, but but that's kind of mythology, isn't it, about the Masons? That it's yeah. all that it's a, a as they say a secret society rather than a society with secrets. Secrets oh, presumably being where they've buried all the bodies. Yeah, because <laughs> considering that 
I always thought it was reputed to be very secretive. One does still know quite a lot. There's a lot such of information as, about such it. Such as the existence of the aprons and the handshake. What yeah. are the aprons for, anyway? Because it's from stonemasons, isn't it? It's to keep the crap off the of clothes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And actually, the Women's Institute probably got aprons too, so maybe they have more in common than we thought they did. Does it appeal to you at all, the idea of being a member of a sort of secret society, or even just any club, really? I'm not a team player, so no. all the clubs <laughs> can go hang. I prefer to, to bake cakes and do handshakes alone. Yes. I'm a member of the Institute of Physics. That's like the main. You don't even open the post that they send you. Yeah, Martin, Martin does spend a lot of time doing the old solo handshake, though, don't you, Martin? <laughs> <laughs> Physicists um, have to master that. <laughs> it's Emma Jane from London. Um, so basically, we have this game at school where, you know, you, you spin the box, basically. But, and I kissed my best friend's um, boyfriend. And she wasn't at the party. We didn't tell her, but then, but somebody got it on video and showed it to her. And now she's really upset with me. Um, what do I do? Maybe film her a video where you're not kissing her boyfriend. <laughs> what did you expect to happen? Spin the bottle so hard that time reverses and you don't do it. Because <laughs> when you think, I better not kiss this person because they're going out with my friend. Mm. If you then get hit by the bottle and spin the bottle, you don't have to think, I'm legally obligated to do this what is the worst that's going to happen to you if you go well, i can't do this for moral reasons yeah but it, the whole point of spin the bottle is it provides a context it shakes up some stale relationships doesn't it <laughs> it provides a context in which you can pretend that kissing is required and therefore not a choice whereas actually of course you are when it lands on the girl or the guy that you really don't want to kiss you spin again don't you i've never played i've never been invited everyone who kisses <laughs> wants to do it really but the thing is though by the time i was going to parties where both genders were invited i we weren't 10 mm. we were too old to play such games I don't know spin the bottle you can play playing to your late teens can't you I think really it's best played when you're in your teens yeah. because as a child it's meaningless really yeah, but then... and as an adult <laughs> it's just mortifying and really sad Yeah, I think uh, in my teens it would have been a bit gross because most of my uh, friends were geeky boys and they definitely did not want to kiss each other or yeah. probably girls either did you ever see um, Truth or Dare starring Madonna no, was it? Sounds repellent. Sexual. It was pretty sexual. Yes, it was. It was basically just a tour um, film. Oh. The scene that everyone remembers, which is why it was called Truth or Dare. I mean, actually, in the UK, it was called In Bed with Madonna. Oh yes, but it's, yeah, it's no, since been re-released everywhere as Truth or Dare. Because she's got that fragrance that is called Truth or Dare. Yeah, she probably has. She actually I think so. Yeah, ugh, brown synergy. Madonna. Um, <laughs> there's a scene where she pl- insists that her roadies and crew and dancers play Truth or Dare with her. Mm. And I guess this is the only footage that they had of Madonna actually socialising with people that she works with because she's above that. <laughs> um, and so this became the sort of central moment of the film as she snogs all these sort of hunky Latino dances. Oh God, it'd be awful, wouldn't it, to be a good-looking dancer that was working for Madonna in the nineties? Because you were going to have to put out. Yes. Even yeah. if you were gay, even if you found the sight of her sickening, you were yeah. going to have to do it. And on stage as well in a stadium. Yeah. It is incredible to think if that was the other way. If it was you two playing spin the bottle yeah. with all their female backing dancers, that would be really outrageous. It's just it? it's just sexual harassment because they're being paid to be. There. Yeah, yeah, it's your, you're the boss. You get sacked if you don't work me off. It's yeah. fine. It is unfair. These people are on her payroll. It's overtime. So what can Imogen actually do in this, this spin-the-bottle debacle? <laughs> um, well, I think a lot of very crawly apologies and emphasised her that you don't fancy her boyfriend. It was the pressure of the game and mm. you were being really stupid. And she can snog your boyfriend when you next have one. But maybe your friend uh, has pre-existing issues with trusting her boyfriend. 
Mm. And really, this has just brought them to the surface. Yeah, but isn't it remarkable how the filming of the event is what has led this to really come crashing down like a, a house of cards? This would not have happened in our childhoods. Exactly. You didn't have phones with cameras in and stuff. Mm. It's, I'm quite glad. No, she YouTube. probably would have found out there in the end. Someone would oh, yeah. have tittle-tattled on it. Yeah. Yes, there was, of course, a, a very vigorous social network purely by word of mouth. <laughs> That sounded like such an old person thing to say. <laughs> when, when I was a girl, we had social networking, which we called talking to each other. Which we called web 0.0. <laughs> the thing is, though, even if it lands on someone that you do want to snog, really, even if someone isn't filming it like in this situation, the issue is you are doing it in front of all of your contemporaries. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's almost like some sort of weird tribal ceremony, isn't it? When if you actually fancy each other, you don't want everyone else to be watching no, unless well, you've got a boner. In that case, you probably want that game where you go into the cupboard yeah. for a few minutes. I've read about this game online i can't believe that that certainly never happened when i was a child no you'd be lucky yeah well i wouldn't have needed seven minutes <laughs> but what, the game where you just say right i'm going to choose you and we're going to go in a cupboard for seven minutes and fill each other up that's not a game that's or, a bloody sexual assault or just talk it out had you heard of that game martin uh i only through 30 rock not in, right, lo- yeah, not yeah. in life well it appears to be an american thing i found another one as well that apparently has been a big deal in uh, elements of chicago and san francisco really called a rainbow party What's that? Any 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 guesses? Uh, it's not one of those ones where you wear different colours depending on whether you're available. No, that would be sweet compared to what it is. Is, oh. it, is it where you have to try and puke all the colours of the rainbow according to what drinks you've had? That would be sweet compared to what it is. Oh, no! <laughs> what it is, teenage girls wearing different shades of lipstick perform oral sex on boys. No! Aiming to leave a rainbow of colours around their cocks. Oh, it's so sordid. Gives new meaning to kiss the rainbow, doesn't I'm really it? Sh- I'm never going to have Skittles the same again. <laughs> Many things that you buy every day that you could live without. Your special fancy coffee. Your box of thought and stuffing. Your prescription meds for gout. If you save up all that cash, you'll have plenty to spend on our first three years episode. That's more than 60 hours of Answer Me This, which is guaranteed to make your ears explode. Go to answermethispodcast.com slash classic to splurge your dog. And if you help to fund our show, we can upgrade our old because it breaks every three years, but we do like Apple, our shows on iTunes as well. Here's a question now from a lady who comes from a place named after a geeky sounding man. Uh, it's Ariane <laughs> from Eugene, Oregon. Oh, uh, that's where Frank lives. Oh, good fact. That's mm. where the University of Oregon lives. Not such a good fact. No, no, <laughs> perfectly serviceable. Six out of ten. Just uh, suffered in comparison with the Frank Black one. I have nothing about Eugene, Oregon. It's in a popular wine-producing region. Hmm. Yeah, I, I could I could take that fact as my own. Okay, I'll do that. It's in a popular wine-producing region. Don't know if you know. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, she says, Valley. Um, I recently came home to discover my pit bull had chewed up my knitting bag. That pit bull, collaborating with J-Lo, and now this. <laughs> Later, as I was cleaning up, I saw that the pit bull had chewed the tip off one of my bamboo cable knitting needles. Thank goodness you didn't have metal ones. These are only about $4, but as a broke student, I can't afford to replace them. So Helen answered me this. As the rest of the needle is undamaged, can I use a pencil sharpener to make a new tip? Yes. Use the pencil sharpener and then sand it gently so that it's not too sharp and splintery at the end. You know, I find the idea of using craft to make your own craft tools (laughs) unbearably crafty, Helen. Well, here's a question from Duffy from Northwood, who says, Ollie, answer me this. What is the point of a stage name? Surely it must be more annoying to have people yelling some made-up name at you expectantly rather than the name you were brought up with. Especially actors who have a different name in each film anyway. That's not the actors, that's the characters. Yeah, I think he's confusing the script for real life there. Mm. Yeah, they keep their name 
And actually, in a way, because they can hold on to their real birth name when they check into hotels or in their you know, official literature, driving licenses or whatever, yeah. it's quite nice to actually be the actor when you go onto the film set or the theatre, isn't it? Yeah, and be or, that person. Or vice versa, like Natalie Portman took the name Natalie Portman because she wanted to protect her private identity and her family life. So yeah. when she went to university, mm. she did it under her real name of Natalie Hirschlag. Why would you want to give up a surname as good as that? <laughs> uh, but that makes quite a lot of sense, doesn't it? And then other times they don't really have a choice because there's already an actor with their real name yeah, yeah, yeah. on Spotlight or Equity. Or, you know, there's that real classic thing of the people making them into stars are like, your name is too boring. Yes. Like uh, Lauren Bacall, that is a much more glamorous name than Betty Persk. And then other people change their names because casting was racist so like Martin Sheen and Rita Hayworth yeah. they didn't want to appear to be Hispanic in origin yeah 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 that was obviously very common is Martin Sheen an Estevez yeah he is he's still legally an Estevez ah. I mean my mum had the thing uh, that uh, her name Karen Mann was taken by another actress the name she chose as her stage name was the name from her first marriage which oh, is a bit weird. weird does she have any professional strains where she uses her maiden name yeah, she's got all kinds of aliases. She's got like five, hasn't there, she? She does this thing where she, when she books a restaurant table, she always books it in, under a certain name, which obviously I'm not going to say on the podcast because the restaurateurs of London will realise that uh, she's had them on. Well, Conchita Tithead is not real. <laughs> um, but yeah, she calls up and she says, can I have a table, you know, at eight for Conchita Tithead? And then uh, when we get there, I know to say, if I meet my parents in a restaurant, oh yeah, we've, it's Conchita Tithead's table. I'm with the Tithead party. The reason is that she can cancel the table then and it oh, doesn't we... reflect badly on her real name. But what it, I don't it understand... It reflects really badly on Conchita exactly. Tithead. She's always always Conchita Tithead so yeah. then it just looks I mean they don't care what her real name is it's still the same person yeah, that's like, what I don't understand it's like if Katy Perry was fiddling her tax and she's like ah but my real name is Katie Hudson yeah. so it's fine yeah. they're yeah. like no that's yeah, not how it I'm works sure that works hi Helen and Ollie this is Sean from Telford um, I heard a rumour the other day that the Irish blues rock guitarist Rory Gallagher that his guitar was so battered and weathered and, and road worn that that was because he had a really rare blood group and his sweat was very acidic and it basically acted as a sort of paint stripper when it made contact with the guitar. So Helen and Ollie answer me this. Is it possible if you are of a certain blood group for your sweat to act as paint stripper? It's pretty well known that sweat in your fingers will degrade strings more quickly. And in fact, there are, there are various chemicals you can put on the strings to coat them. But to actually... Uh, eat through the lacquer of a uh, guitar because I think he played like an electric guitar to eat through yes, the lacquer. Yes, it was of that a stuff. 1961 uh, Fender Stratcaster. Strat. Yeah, and uh, all of the uh, sunburst varnish was uh, stripped off. You wouldn't do that with your sweat, and why would your blood group affect what's in your sweat? Yeah, exactly. What kind of blood group would he have? You have to have something inherited from the dinosaurs, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. okay. Well, speculatively, because this rumor is from RoryGallagher.com, mm. but it doesn't say which blood group he has. It just says he has a rare one so the rarest blood group is AB negative and I don't know whether their sweat is especially acidic and apparently usually acidic sweat is because of your diet but anyway he was apparently a very famously sweaty performer and the 1961 strats the varnish wasn't as heavy as it was today so it was easier to erode and so presumably you know yeah. just just it being damp from anything yes but, and also that guitar was stolen once and recovered from a ditch in the rain so that would damage it, surely. Here's an Ollie Man blood libel. Okay. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I have exceedingly big veins. 
do you? Who did you have to blow to get them? (laughs) (laughs) This is according to the nurse at the uh, blood donation clinic off Oxford Street. Last time I went there. Was she flirting with you? She's like, oh, look at you with your big veins. Very much the opposite of that. I'd love to feel those palpating against me. She was trying to get me over and done with as soon as possible. um, And uh, said, oh, you've got nice big veins. This will be quick. I did a time of four minutes, 11 seconds. Did she give you a happy finish? Uh, She gave me a cup of tea and a packet of walkers. (laughs) So yes. (laughs) In my world, very much yes. That's very quick. It takes me 10 minutes. My dainty lady veins. Here's a really another lighthearted question from Nick from Colorado. He says, Helen, answer me this. Who was the first person to be victimised by an electric chair. And also victimised is really the correct word. No, it suggests that the chair goes following them, doesn't it, rather than a punishment that the, they've been given. The mm. bullying chair. Mm. <laughs> the first person to be executed by electric chair, which I assume is what he means, uh, was uh, William Kemmler, who uh, was killed on August the 6th, 1890, at Auburn Prison in New York State. What did he do? He had killed his wife with a hatchet. Sounds like a bad man. His common-law wife, sorry, so it's oh, fine. Oh, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. But the first person to be sentenced to death, but he didn't actually actually get it because it was commuted to life uh, was a man called Joseph Chaplot uh, and who had poisoned his neighbour's cows wow <laughs> that's extraordinary wow and, and when, when was that? Uh, 1890 and they uh, they'd only had electricity for like 10 years by then hadn't they? well also it seems like Thomas Edison was uh, was all up in the uh, electric chair development he electrocuted an elephant didn't he? what? he was trying to prove that uh, alternating current was really dangerous because yeah. it was Tesla's invention yeah it? well he was really against it because it wasn't his because he was all like, I'm on the direct current side so fuck you alternating current even though you're cheaper and probably better for a lot of people mm. and he used to go around the country with a, an electrified platform onto which he would lure cats and dogs that he <gasps> bought off schoolboys and so everyone prick. could see them what die and they go God, AC must be well dangerous but anyway it seems that the electric chair was invented by a disciple of Thomas Edison uh, Alfred Southwick who was a dentist and it was a chair rather than another piece of furniture because he's a, a dentist, dentist and he fetishises chairs and they tested it the day before <laughs> Kemmler's death uh, by electrocuting a horse <laughs> how do you even get a horse in a chair <laughs> do you have anything to say for your last name <laughs> how did you get a horse to sit down I don't really understand the electric chair as a uh, as a punishment I, I know that people listening will say well of course not because all capital punishment is wrong I agree. I think all capital punishment is wrong. I can see how a country arrives at the conclusion that they want it. What I don't understand is why they'd choose a method that is so sadistic and vindictive. I mean, what's wrong with the lethal injection? Well, they didn't have it then. Uh, that was invented later. Well, what's so- wrong with hitting someone with a car or a saucepan repeatedly with an electric chair? <laughs> Tom and Jerry. <laughs> well, because they were using hanging before the electric chair was invented, and that would often go wrong. The rope had to be the optimal length so that it didn't just rip but your head even off. Even the guillotine then, that's what better than the electric what chair. What a system. It's quick, efficient, it's not nice for the person, but like I say, it's not a nice system at all. Firing squads, I'm sure that's... Uh, Effective. It- but seriously, you are saying, by having the electric chair, that everyone who runs this state is a complete sadist. Often it doesn't work. So uh, William Kemner, um, he was given the 1,000 volts, which had managed to kill the horse, and he wasn't quite dead. So oh, they, they gave him 2,000 volts. And did that kill him? Well, yeah, eventually, but it wasn't a very nice. Eight minutes. Eight minutes? And apparently really stank. Well, it would do you bloody frying someone, aren't you? Anyway, there's a lovely website called executedtoday.com if you want every day to be marked by a famous execution oh, yes, anecdote. Please. Who wouldn't <laughs> want to wake up to that? Um, good. Well, um, actually, Nick has a supplementary question, Helen. He mm. says, uh, answer me this. Google shopping results for electric chairs are quite unhelpful. <laughs> good. Do you know where I can get one? Um, you could probably get a massage chair and then just Jimmy the Electrics. <laughs> oh, 
I'm crazy, wacky George III. Hey, Nolly Nolly. Helen and Ollie. Answer me this. Why is my piss blue? Woo! <laughs> I'm crazy! Woo! me Here's a question from Ed from London who says, I've just come back from sleeping at a friend's house after a party. Uh, I had about £100 in the jacket I was wearing whilst I was sleeping, uh-huh. uh, and I cannot find it anymore. Oh dear. The thing is, I believe a mutual acquaintance of the host and myself robbed me in my sleep. You're going to need some proof. He's not calling the police here, Helen. He's looking for sympathy. (laughs) Can't you just say, oh, that's a shame? Ooh, what a rotter. (laughs) Uh, I can remember every purchase and how much I had. Mm -hmm. Mm, Are you sure? You did fall asleep in your jacket. That suggests to me someone who's a bit haphazard. Don't know if you would remember exactly how much money you had and how much you've got in change. I remember everything up to about 6pm. Exactly, yeah. You could have got a cab and been like, take us to the seaside before we go home. (laughs) Plus, the boy I'm accusing is a slight down-and-out figure. Oh, that's fair enough then. Uh, Who's been disowned by his parents for being a bit of a shit. Good that you put yourself in the vulnerable position of sleeping with a large amount of cash on you, though, (laughs) near him. Uh, Also, apparently unfounded rumour suggests he has stolen before during his present tour from couch to couch. So Helen, answer me this. How do I deal with this? Seeing as if I accuse him, it will be mighty awkward whether I'm right or wrong. Well, I suppose the first thing to do is to say to your friend, I had a load of cash um, and I don't have it anymore. Have you found any around the house? Uh, Could you ask anybody else if they found it while I was there? So then, well, partly you're putting the problem onto somebody else. So Mm. he's got to ring up this dodgy boy going, do you happen to have £100 in cash that you didn't have previously? Okay, so then he does that and then the host does what? Makes the embarrassing phone call. Yeah. And then no one's going to say, oh yes, I did steal £100. So then what? The problem is it's very hard to accuse somebody else of stealing. I think unless you've got proof. What are you going to be able to do, yeah, realistically? Almost anyone else who was there could just say you were drunk and you don't remember. Yeah. If you want to find out once and for all whether he did, you're going to have to confront him about it. If you're going to have to see him through your mutual friends, that's going to be incredibly awkward forever. Oh, we're being so English, though, aren't we? It's like, oh, well, I, I don't mind losing the money because getting it back <laughs> no, is incredibly I, awkward. I think that's so much money that if you had any reason to, to, to actually believe that it was this person, you should do something about it. But you can't. You can't just go, oh, you know, you look a bit scruffy, so did you take my money? That's, that's, that's fucking rude, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. You really need proof. He's got a dodge. Face. <laughs> Seems like a lot of money to have in your pocket anyway. I mean, he went out for a night, and after this night, he'd been out on including drinks. And Still had £100 left. So there's 100 quid left? Yeah. Can he not? That's beginning of the night money, isn't that, it? That's, I mean, I don't mean to be unsympathetic because yeah. theft is wrong, but this guy's got a lot of cash loaded, to have lying yeah, around, doesn't he? He can, probably expend, he can probably spend that. Yeah, so theft is fine, everyone, if it's someone rich. Theft is fine if it's just really too awkward to sort it out. <laughs> It's the new Crime Stoppers campaign. Well, it's really too bad that we cannot get this £100 back, but we cannot stop the human race being bad. That's right. We're not miracle workers. We're just question answerers. Yes, and if you've got any questions for us to answer, then uh, please send them in via email, Skype or phone for next week's episode, and all of our contact details are listed on our website, answermethispodcast.com, and you can hear us answering those questions in next week's show, which you can get for free. It's a steal! Yeah, See what like, I did? Like, like the bloke stealing the money. It's a You're steal. Amazing. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Does that mean you can't really steal podcasts? That is a really interesting ethical dilemma, isn't it? Because you can steal an iPod suppose, with podcasts on it. I suppose someone could take our podcast and put it on their own feed and pretend it was theirs. But why would you do that? Uh, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.